let's go ahead and get started. So again, my name is Alex Barthet. Uh, I own and operate a law firm in Miami. Uh, all we do is construction law and construction litigation. We just focus on those in the construction industry. Today we're going to talk about just understanding your insurance coverage, thinking it gives you more coverage than you actually have, uh, and not understanding what that indemnity and defense obligation is when you sign it with that, in that contract. Misunderstanding your insurance and indemnity obligations. Your insurance does not cover everything you think it does. Whatever you think it covers, there are things that your insurance is not going to cover even though you think it will. So let's talk about what your GL policy, your general liability policy, typically covers. I have had clients come to me, they get sued on a, in, in a case, uh, and they come to me and they say, Alex, I need you to handle this, and you know, I have insurance, so they're gonna take care of this. I, I said, well, no, you're getting sued for breach of contract. You know, your insurance company's not gonna cover you for that claim. Um, or they're suing you because you owe them a defense or indemnity obligation, not for damage to other property, which is the key statement that has to be made if you want your insurance cover your insurance company to provide a defense and indemnity to you for the loss. So let's run through some examples so you understand what's covered and what's not. I'm a plumber. I install a pipe. That pipe is installed incorrectly it causes a leak. That leak causes $100,000 worth of drywall and flooring damage. The insurance company will likely cover the other property. Not my work, I'm the plumber. I installed the pipe incorrectly. They're not gonna cover my <coughs> negligent installation of the pipe. But they will cover, or should cover, the floor, the drywall, um, and all of those related damages. Um, but the act of having to go in and replace the pipe and, and, and make it right, they will not cover that piece of the damage because that's not damage to other properties. That's damage of my own work. Um, so claims that your work was defective but didn't cause damage to other property is not covered. So if someone says you painted the building wrong but they don't say and therefore water got into the building and damaged other property, then you don't have coverage for that claim. You're on your own for that. The same applies for what are called RAP policies, CSIP and OSIP. CSIP stands for Contractor Controlled Insurance Program. OSIP stands for Owner Controlled Insurance Program. These are policies that are project specific and they cover you instead of your GL policy covering you, it's another policy that's covering you. You give a credit, uh, you don't you don't pay twice for it, um, but this is very common on these high-rise buildings that are going up everywhere. I would suggest to you that you need to be very careful about coverage and deductibles if you do fall into an OSIP. In the good old days, the OSIP was uh, great coverage, either no deductible or a thousand dollars. Now we're seeing limited coverage and $50,000 deductible um, on an OSIP or a CSIP. So be very careful. Don't just think, well, I have my policy, and I like it, and I'm told I have to get an OSIP, so it must be the same, right? Like, I don't have to worry about it. No, 
you need to take that OSIP and you need to look through it and make sure that it gives you the coverages you need and the deductible is acceptable to you. There's even now uh, policies you can get to cover the OSIP deductible. So it's a rider on top of your OSIP. So because you can't make changes, you're either in the OSIP or not. You don't get to say, well, I want to change my deductible, I want to change my coverages. It's, it's all or nothing. So if you have a $50,000 deductible, you can now buy a little piece of insurance that gives you coverage for uh, that deductible. Yes, Paul? You said you're either in the OSIP or you're not. Right. Have you seen that will let you out of the OSIP? Hardly ever. Hardly ever. So you're in the OSIP, but you're saying that there's policies available to cover The deductible. Yes. The deductible, yes. Yes, yeah, exactly right. It's gap insurance. Your contractual indemnity and defense obligation is going to always be bigger than the available insurance that you have. So let me give you an example. We represent an underground contractor who was sued by a contractor um, for the work that they did. Uh, and the lawsuit that they received was for breach of contract for not providing a defense and indemnity. And the client came to us and said, but I have insurance. Actually, I, I have an OSIP. I'm on the OSIP. Like, why are they suing me if this is technically an insurance claim? And my answer is, well, you signed a contract, and your contract said that you will provide them a defense and indemnity for anything that went wrong on the job. So they got sued. So guess what? They're suing you, and they want you to deal with this problem, whether you have insurance or not. Um, and his comment was, well, I just figured that I didn't have to worry about it as long as I had insurance. And that's the, the, the uh, important takeaway from point number seven here, is just know that when you sign that contract, you, you have a lot more liability than, your, than any policy of insurance is going to give you. So one of the things you could try to do is tie your indemnity obligation to your insurance coverage. So here's a way you could try to do that. Subcontractors' obligations to defend, indemnify, and hold owner and contractor harmless shall be coextensive with and limited by any available insurance coverage and only after contractor and owner have fully exhausted all available insurance. So this is, this is trying to take the indemnity and the insurance that run together, right? So a contractor or owner could sue you for either or both and says, you know what, we're going to put the insurance first. So once you make a claim on the insurance and they deny it and you sue them, and then they, they still don't have to pay, that's when you can come to me. That's the, um, that's the last sentence. And only after contractor and owner fully exhaust all available insurance. Again, not every contractor or owner is going to agree to this, but you need to try to make, uh, you need to make some effort at mitigating your risk in the contract. I hope everyone has a wonderful rest of the week. Thanks for participating. Have a great day.